Hello, what's up? My name is Ibrahima Abraham Sise, and I am the founder of The Freedom Project. And today we have an awesome guest. Uh, his name is Kevin Audley, LCPC and LPC. And if you don't know what that means, it means licensed clinical professional counselor and LPC means licensed professional counselor. So this guy is very qualified. So we're going to have an awesome conversation today. But before we get into it, Kevin, how is your spirit today? Spirit's great. I'm always happy to uh, to, to be alive. Uh, I fell off a roof a long time ago when I was 20 years old, and uh, I've always uh, given thanks and gratitude for the fact that I'm still still walking on this earth and able to talk and mm -hmm. and uh, walk, actually. Right. I mean, um, I can relate to that because uh, I fell off a building when I was like 11 years old, uh, and I was in a cast for like two years. So that's why I went. I, I started playing soccer the moment I healed. And I also uh, did parkour because I'm like, oh my God, I can move again. Uh, so did, did you do anything after you actually healed from falling off a tree? Well, the crazy thing about it, I was in intensive care for a week at, at KU Med and um, I walked away from it, went back up to school and um, I had I was a very average student to that point and uh, mm -hmm. I, I knew I'd been left here for a reason. Right. I had a bigger purpose and I, I started studying and um, just kind of had faith that um, I'm here for a reason. Right, and my grades went through the roof, and off to graduate school I went. Nice. So. Well, we're we're very happy to have you here because uh, I I think the conversation with you is going to impact a lot of people. Uh, so I want you to share it um, with our audience where you're from, and how did you end up in Kansas City of all places? Well, I grew up here actually. Um, oh, nice. Um, family, I didn't do my research, guys. <laughs> family family grew up in Kansas City, and I uh, uh, have a twin sister, and she she took off to Colorado. Uh, Kelly, 27 years ago. Yeah. Kelly, my <clears throat> twin. And, um, I, um, you know, after I fell off that roof, I, um, I, I went on to graduate school and went into the field for a period of time and, mm -hmm. uh, was counseling people and it, it, they, they came in with anxiety and depression and all these different issues. And I, uh, I felt like something was holding them back. So right. I, I went out and uh, did some additional training and, uh, found a way to access, a little deeper level and get past the blocks that hold a lot of people back. You ended up becoming a a uh, psychologist, uh, L LCPC and LPC. What is the difference? Tell us that. What exactly is the difference? Is it one a PhD and the, and then the other one is a, a master's? No, or both is it master's level. Both uh, master's? One is wow. just more Bless of a clinical heart. focus. Uh, it's mm -hmm. actually on the Kansas side. Okay. The LPC is on the Missouri side. I'm ac not actually a psychologist. I'm a professional counselor. Counselor. Okay. Um, Basically, same training. Uh, people mm -hmm. that are psychologists go to school for a little bit longer than I did. Nice. And um, I do want to talk to you about uh, something that you have been able to create in your journey as a, you know, like a professional counselor, which is the subconscious blueprint. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it is? Uh, and, you know, it's up to you to share as much as you want to. Uh, so the floor is yours. Yeah, it's an amazing process. Um, the mind has two levels, um, mm -hmm. the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And oftentimes people try to solve their problem at the conscious level. And really, right. and truly, that's only about 10% of your thinking. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we've been led to believe about ourselves is subconscious. A lot of our past experiences and the beliefs and values and a lot of our habits are down below the surface. And traditionally, people try to solve the problem, again, at a conscious level, Einstein said many years ago, you can't think your way out of a problem Right at the level of mind, which is created. It's created at a conscious level. And mm -hmm. um, you need to be able to get down below the surface. And the subconscious blueprint, basically what I do is uh, 
we're thinking hypothetically. If a miracle mm-hmm. happened and tomorrow was different than today, we need to tell your subconscious mind and inform your subconscious mind very specifically how you want life to play out. So it's mm-hmm. a very positive picture. It's not focused on problem. We're not going right. backwards. I mean, we're gathering information about about history. Mm-hmm. But where are you at now? And where do you want to go? And how are we going to, what do we need to change to be able to go forward in a positive way? So right. again, instead of focused on problem, we're focused on solution. And mm-hmm. it's a very positive blueprint. And so yeah. you're basically creating support at a, a subconscious level, the 90% of your thinking mm-hmm. to support what you're trying to do at a conscious level. So both right. both levels of, of mind are in alignment. So gotcha. um, it, it removes the blocks. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I hear, especially on like Facebook or like social media anywhere, um, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, basically focusing on the problem in order to solve the conscious but you were saying that your your method is just to 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 just source from the subconscious but then focus on the conscious uh can you break that down for people because you know um how we how did you end up coming up with that and um maybe give us an example of what that actually looks like well i i uh, traveled you know, very early in my career, I was already frustrated with traditional methods because I felt like something was blocking these people. Mm-hmm. They were coming and they wanted help. Yeah. But the traditional manners in which I'd been trained, um, they weren't working ultimately. Right. And something was holding these people back. So I'm thinking maybe hypnosis, something to get down below the surface into the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about this guy out in Denver that was uh, had put together this new modality. This is back in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, called psychological kinesiology, mm. and he found a way basically to to get into the subconscious mind and basically reprogram the software. So right. um, you don't really have to go dig up your deep dark past to figure out where you got off the track. Um, it, it's good information to go mm-hmm. backwards, but um, where are you at now? And hypothetically, if you were content with your life. Mm-hmm. The subconscious mind doesn't know what affirmations and big statements such as, you know, I am content with my life mean. Right. So I very specifically uh, lead them to create a blueprint, a very specific picture on how things would play out mm-hmm. hypothetically if that were true. Right. And then you get basically the two sides of the brain, which are very different, mm-hmm. to, to uh, debate the conclusion because right. the left brain and the right brain are very different. And mm-hmm. I can help somebody in a matter of probably two sessions mm-hmm. to ch- very dramatically change the course of their life because we're, we're getting rid of the negative and yeah. we're, we're, we're going forward versus backwards. Yeah. So, so for the people that don't know what, what is the left and the right brain, can you break that down? And then you did m- mention that you can uh, basically help someone in, in, in two, sh- basically two uh, sessions. And one thing that I've come across and people that I've talked to, it's like, this is a journey. So for, for someone who, who's never been to therapy and hearing in two sessions, they, they might say, oh, wow, okay, I can just go and see uh, uh, this guy for two sessions and then my problems are all solved. Like, what exactly does that mean? Uh, uh, when a majority of people are saying this is a journey, can you basically identify those two different solutions and then touch on what you mean by the two sessions and also explaining the left and the right brain for the people that may not know. Absolutely. Well, Mm -hmm. I I think the side of the brain that gets stuck Mm -hmm. is the left brain. The left brain uh, looks at life a certain way. It has certain functional functional, Mm -hmm. uh, attributes. If you look at the left brain, it's the logical side of the brain. It's where your words and action plans, management, all the details, control and order and, and, you know, all the, all the, 
majority of the educational systems focus on the left brain. You have right. to be good with math and science and reading and spelling and mm -hmm. words and all that's very left brain stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, tension's also on the left side of your brain because if things don't go according to plan, um, which is kind of left brain stuff, mm -hmm. people, um, that side of the brain has a tendency to go to catastrophic places sometimes. Right. If things don't go according to plan, um, they have a tendency to consider the worst case scenario. Right. So you lose your job. Oh, God, I'm never going to get another job. A relationship mm -hmm. breaks up. Oh, so no, the extreme. Never get a right. Mm -hmm. The right brain is completely diametrically opposed. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, reinforced by our society. It's the creative mm -hmm. side of the brain instead of logical. You have your emotion on the right side versus logic, pictures versus words. If you go back and forth, it's basically polar opposite, but it's also able to see the big picture mm -hmm. and look long term. So it doesn't get stuck in the details. It's right. able to see things from a distance. And you always hear people talk about hindsight's 2020. Right. Well, why is hindsight 2020? Because people were able to see things from afar in mm -hmm. hindsight, looking back. And that side of the brain, the right side, is able to kind of, instead of being in the middle of a situation, almost mm -hmm. see it from a distance, from a different angle. Right. And part of this process is integrating both sides of the brain at the same time, going mm -hmm. into a whole brain state. And there's a book that kind of talks about this called The Biology of Belief, Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. He calls that a state of super learning because you're activating both sides. So not only... Are you thinking short term in regard to your situation, but also long term? Mm -hmm. You're assessing it with logic, but also emotion and creativity. Gotcha. So you're bringing both sides in. And uh, uh, it, it's not really the process is is maybe two sessions, but mm -hmm. there's homework. There's uh, they're going to take the blueprint with them and then they've got the there's a daily requirement to go read over mm -hmm. what they're looking to bring into their life. So they're right. putting their mind's attention on what they want, which puts out an energy. Right. If, you know, look at the dog. Uh, you know, the dog knows when you're angry at him mm -hmm. because you put out an en energy when you're angry. The dog right. can feel your energy. Negative thoughts and focusing on problems mm -hmm. creates energy and you put out that energy to the world right. and you attract like energy. So this yeah. is completely different from that. So after we're done with the blueprint, they take it with them. I have them read it over daily on what they're looking to bring into their life. But yeah. I also have them record it into their phone. Right. So reading it visually, hearing it from an auditory standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then I put them into a whole brain state to solidify the, the brain's conclusion. The brain mm -hmm. has already debated and changed its opinion. Right. Um, and so we're solidifying it going forward. So it's not – it's a two-day process with me. But mm -hmm. they I, I will keep them accountable – and check gotcha. in with them at periods of time to make sure that they're they're doing this daily. It takes maybe five or six minutes to go mm -hmm. through this process daily, right? And people see um, their their life change rather dramatically. Gotcha. Things show up that <clears throat> match uh, the, the blueprint below the surface, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I can see it clearly. So basically, what you're saying is the the first two sessions are very intentional with you, and mm -hmm. and then you basically show them why this is needed and then the rest of the journey is you just kind of being there and then championing their own journey because that's one thing that i feel like mo most people miss when it comes to like counseling in general is that at the end of the day it's up to the person so it to me it sounds like your uh, process gives them that power for them to actually want to be better and then do better and then you know becoming a better version of themselves and quote-unquote successful uh, and I know we, we, we all define like, you know, uh, define success in different way. In your process, how do you define that when you work with someone? Let's say now they're doing this themselves. 
what does that look look like likes to you like okay they're improving is, well, is, it, is there like a metric that, that you follow or is it just mainly yeah, a it's conversation? It's all very subjective. I mean, the, okay. the, the tragedy of life is, mm -hmm. and I don't know where I heard this statistic, but uh, the probability of us being born to our parents in mm -hmm. time and space, or 7 billion people on the planet, right. uh, is 1 in 400 trillion. Mm -hmm. So we start off as a miracle. We're, right. we're very lucky to be here. I know. To exist at all. And we come in with, with innate value. There's not mm -hmm. a plus or a minus. We have innate value because we're alive. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, society comes along and leads us to believe in some ways mm -hmm. that we're not okay as we are. So wow. my... Success in this process is reminding them that their value is not based on what they have externally. Mm. They have internal value. The solution's not outside because that's right. what we've been led to believe that I'll be okay when I add stuff to my to myself or if I do things a certain way, right. I'll finally be to a point where I'm okay. And the reality is you're okay and you always have been. Right. The external stuff is nice, but mm. that's not where you get your value. It's an internal conclusion. And I lead them back to that conclusion. That's part of this blueprint. I mm -hmm. accept myself as I am now. Right. As I move forward is part of this blueprint. So, mm -hmm. and it was a book written way back in the 1950s called I'm Okay, You're Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, very rarely do people get to that point right. where they're okay and so is everybody else. And right. Usually they think they're better than or they're mm -hmm. less than. Right. And the reality is we're all equal. We always have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we've been led to believe otherwise. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we, we even talk about here with, with the Freedom Project, literally the core is that people are identifying with the trauma, you know, the things that happened to them. And um, I can see the similarities with what you're doing with the subconscious mind, you know, the habits that are on a subconscious level, people are identifying with that. Because even in my story, I, I, I had a stutter from trauma and I ended up identifying with that stutter my whole life by even limiting myself. Uh, to to believing that the the moment people hear me speak, they will just you know devalue my opinion, so I don't speak up because I identify with that, and that kind of robbed me my whole life. And one of the things that I am I'm, I'm seeing as I'm talking to you on the subconscious mind, especially on the positive uh, note that you um, mentioned earlier, because I've some somewhat been taught with focusing on the past, uh, accepting the past. And, and actually making peace with it in order to even accept, you know, who you are, like, you know, and be, being able to identify um, yourself from the trauma. And even though I can see the similarities with the subconscious blueprint and the traditional way of therapy, but there, but, but there's also some difference as well, which I'm still not grasping. Can you share maybe based on just all the people that you've talked to and all the questions that you've had, maybe you've had... Uh, have seen those differences in your own practice. It's dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, traditional therapy goes backwards. Right. Okay. Let's let's go backwards and dig up your deep dark past. Figure right. out where you got off the track. Mm -hmm. And if we can identify your thinking that's creating a problem currently, mm -hmm. and maybe set up some experiments in the outside world to somehow get you to change your opinion mm -hmm. about yourself right. as a whole that you'll be able to move past what happened before. Exactly. Uh, the past, it, you know, and what I tell people, you can't change the past. Mm -hmm. We can't go back and do things over again, but we can change your conclusions about yourself in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So we can, and, and the brain very quickly, you actually have a counselor inside your brain. It's called the right brain. The right, right. brain sees things from a different angle and sees the big picture and knows really and truly that your, your value is not based on 
the things your past you have, and what past. was done to you. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, I, I, I'm only, I'm only five, eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never going to be any taller. And, um, I, I have to come to a point of acceptance of, right. at that point. And I, I always tell people sarcastically, I'm coming back as a big man next time around. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, um, you are where you are mm-hmm. and I, uh, to, to be in the middle of a traffic jam sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful analogy for life right? because sometimes you aren't where you want to be. Right, and it d- does it do any good to to get upset at where you're at when you can't change where you're at right at the moment? Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be an exit ramp, right? Um, and things are typically temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the left brain can't see the fact that things are temporary; it mm-hmm. gets stuck, and that's where people get stuck. And there is a therapy called EMDR, which is mm-hmm. somewhat similar to this, where people basically activate both sides of the brain mm-hmm. and they go back and reprocess trauma, right. and it it desensitizes their their reaction. Mm-hmm. Not only their emotional reaction, but their physical reaction. So right. instead of being in the middle of a trauma, traumatic situation, they're able to kind of see it from a distance mm, and see, see it from a different angle. And that's kind of what this process does, but it goes way beyond EMDR because we're mm-hmm. looking forward now. Right. What do you want to have in your future? Mm-hmm. And let's create a picture, uh, a positive picture going right. forward. And there's a way basically to, to download it. I don't do anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. I facilitate a process where I help you tap into to really and truly your innate value. Right. Um, uh, you're okay just as you are. And um, it, it's pretty easy to tap back into mm-hmm. it. So I've had people with uh, very uh, traumatic backgrounds that I've done this process with where we've just very quickly changed mm-hmm. their conclusions. You know, right. this is, um, if you believe the world's not safe and this is a, a bad place and bad things are going to happen and you're a bad person, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, if that's your focus and that's where you put your mind's attention, right. uh, Paradoxically, it, it attracts more of the bad stuff. So exactly. this is completely, completely different. Yeah, I mean, it it um, sounds like it because um, I've been, you know, made aware of the, you know, traditional way of therapy, and that's one of the things that I'm I'm, I'm even hoping to, you know, contribute by by creating a different way uh, uh, to 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 go about therapy. Because one of the things that I had issued with when I initially started was the intake process. I went through the whole intake process. And I found out that the, the the counselor that I saw was not even someone that that was for me. Like the things that I was dealing with, like some really severe trauma. But she was not, you know, that's not her specialty. And that's one thing that I feel like we miss when it comes to, you know, therapy, counseling, all these things. People are just thrown into it. And I feel like the subconscious blueprint, it, it seems very intentional as to finding what the problem is but not focusing on the problem, however, changing the conclusion. So how do you deal with someone who has a severe trauma? Because you mentioned that you've worked with people with severe trauma, but what does that look like? For for example, someone who has never, uh, you know, their definition of mental health is crazy or, you know, just a po- just not anything positive, but just negative. And now they 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 come to you and you you are interacting with them for the first time. What What does that look like? Well, I don't, you know, I usually kind of get a picture of their, of their upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, how many brothers and sisters did you have? Mom and dad are still married. Right. And, um, s- significant things that happen, good and bad in their right. history. Um, I, I, there's no diagnosis associated with the situation. Mm-hmm. And the drawback of diagnosis is a lot of times people become their diagnosis. Mm. I am bipolar. I am ADHD. And I always tell them, 
those are your symptoms. Right. Uh, the medical establishment has, has to put your symptoms into a, a label. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's not a positive label. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, when they get the diagnosis, I'm not okay. It's right. the immediate conclusion. There's something wrong with me. And then, of course, let me give you some medication, mm-hmm. which uh, further kind of reinforces that something's wrong with you. Right. Um, so this is just more a more positive deal. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't really focus that much um how do you want life to be different? Right. Okay. And and let's create a picture on if hypothetically that were true and get mm-hmm. uh it, it it's crazy easy, actually, mm-hmm. this process. I just uh, facilitate the process and we're creating a positive future instead of them continuing to bring their wagon full of stuff and mm-hmm. their history along. They become their story. Right. Well, let's create a new story. And mm-hmm. that's basically what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, you like touch on diagnosis when you start explaining that. And one of the things that I, I, I have been aware of, it's uh, diagnosis is basically similar to awareness, being aware of something that you didn't even know was there. And you did mention that, you know, people identifying with the diagnosis, like where is the correlation there? Or is, is there a balance between the awareness and the actual diagnosis? Well, I, I think they're able to explain it to themselves, mm-hmm. um, the diagnosis. So sometimes that's very, they finally have an answer to what's mm-hmm. wrong with them because they know something's off. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, um, There, there's a, there's a questionnaire that they came up with about 20 years ago that Kaiser did a study on adverse, uh, uh, ad, it's called ACE. What, what does that stand for? Adverse, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of what it stands for. It's the ACE study. Um, ch- adverse Child Experiences Questionnaire, I believe, maybe. It's the mm-hmm. ACE study. But if you have adverse certain experiences, experiences as a child, yeah. um, there's a correlation between health problems later in life. So mm-hmm. if parents were divorced, if there was drinking and drug use in the house, mm-hmm. uh, if you were abused physically or sexually, and the more that you answer yes to, the, the higher probability that mm-hmm. you're going to have problems later in life from a medical standpoint. Right. But um, um, yeah, this process is uh, it, it's just more forward focused and, and diagnosis. I just try not to get them to... You're not your diet. This isn't who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's external anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your value is not external. It's not it, uh, really and truly. Um, mm-hmm. You're okay just as you are. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, they don't I, think um, they are. You know, I I was uh, just a week ago. I was watching a show on Netflix, and it was the story of Spotify. You know how it became Spotify today, and one of the co-founder uh, uh, co-founders of Spotify. He was very. Uh, I know I'm going off topic, but, you know, I'm getting, I'm trying to make a point here, but he's, um, you know, very different from everybody else. He's very active. He has so much energy and he would jump on the table in, 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 in the middle of a really serious meeting. And he always loves to throw parties until one day, someone, someone, uh, that he was pitching to who was, I believe the, the, the founder of PayPal back then. And then he just saw him and he was like, you have ADHD. And then he just like his entire world changed. He was like, my whole life, people have been telling me I'm different, and now I know what it is. And then in the film, you, you can see how dramatic they they made that uh, 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 you know scene so so powerful and so visual. Like uh, I feel like you saying diagnosis. Sometimes people kind of can identify, but on a basically on a professional setting, is there a way to prevent that to, to a point that you know they're aware of the problem? Um, and then now they don't have to identify with it. Or is it just like, hey, during the intake process, this is what you have and 
what what's next? Well, we don't. I don't. I don't think we really have to put a label on it. And, oh, gotcha. and really and truly, I mean, we're labeled from the from the time that we're born. Mm-hmm. We're given measurements on our weight and height and mm-hmm. uh, our sex as boy or girl and, and right. our race and everything else. So almost from the get go, um, we become we're we're you know we're put into a category mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And the right. reality is, um, you know, uh, we're all. From from a quantum level, we're all connected, and and um, I, you know, my my hair's I'm 57 years old. My my hair's gray, but I'm not mm-hmm. my gray hair. That's right. My hair just so happens to be gray. Mm-hmm. Um, un- unfortunately, people a- again, um, it separates people. Labels right. separate people, and I think that's you know, it's just part of the process of the mental health field. Is mm-hmm. um, well, we've got a we've got a bill insurance. So we, we've got to put this into, and a lot of people that come in don't have a diagnosable condition. They really right. don't. They just want to talk and, and get a different angle from mm-hmm. somebody that's maybe a professional on how to deal with a stressful situation. Right. Some of the ADHD kids that have been given that label, maybe are mm-hmm. white brain dominant. They're the creative kids right. that see the big picture and they're looking out the window and they're not paying attention to every mm-hmm. word that's coming out of a, of a teacher's mouth. And they're probably tapping their toe and talking to their neighbor. Right. So um, they just, the, their, their, their brain, um, they're more right brain dominant. Right. And wow. unfortunately we've been, we've led that into kind of a, uh, a problem. Right. No, yeah. I've, I've um, you know, I actually remember reading some report. I, I'm not even going to reference it, but because I can't remember, but it was around the effects of labeling uh, and the things that it does to kids and just society as a whole. Uh, and I, I feel like the, you know, the work that you were doing, the reason why I've been wanting to have you is because I did some research and I'm like, this is completely different to what I've been told as someone who's been a researcher around mental health and wanting to build solutions around it. And, and one of my biggest problems with mental health in, in, in such a broken system is that is not a solution. It's just, you know, let's just go talk about it and then we go home. And to me, I'm like, can we talk about it and have something tangible to do? So I I love that element of going back and having something tangible, like the homework that you mentioned, which we're all used to, and the fact that you don't want to label things, uh, which you know I'm I'm even wrapping my head around. It. I was like, but how how does someone know that they're dealing with a mental illness if they don't even know what that is? What you were saying, well, trauma happened. Uh, what can we do better to help you like move forward? But the uh, le- yeah, so yeah, the I, problem I don't with trauma know. is uh, you, you know the left brain mm-hmm. gets stuck. In, in traumatic situations, it's not able to to move beyond the bad stuff that happened. I fell off a roof two and a half stories, and right. I came out of intensive care a week later. I had high blood pressure at age twenty. Mm-hmm. So the drawback is I was treated for the symptom. Right. Um, they gave me medication for blood pressure that brought my 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 blood pressure down, but mm-hmm. it didn't resolve the trauma. Right. Um, and uh, late, later on, I started to meditate and um, I brought my blood pressure down with my mind. Wow. Uh, I tapped into a different level of mind. And I think there's part of us that knows that we're okay as we are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to get the heck away from your thinking right. that uh, sometimes it's not real positive yeah. and take a break and go on vacation from True. your own mind. And True. meditation's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm actually glad you said that because I had a meeting with one of my, um, you know, LPC partners of my team, my my licensed, uh, you know, clinical people, because um, I can't keep talking about this without like the actual people that have a degree. So they, they're kind of helping me build this freedom project uh, um, for the past six years. I, I had a meeting with one of them and then I, I just showed up. I was like telling her all the new stuff that we're doing. She's so like, Abraham, calm down. You need to break from your mind. 
because I had Bell palsy uh, due mm-hmm. to stress, which is stress induced. Half of my face was paralyzed, and my you know. But, but before leading to it, I was I just I just was working nonstop. I was just behind a computer or in front of people talking about mental health, and I wasn't sleeping enough. And my eye was twitching for three days, but I ignored it. And then eventually it happened. I was like, okay. So I, today, you know, uh, you know, she was like, you need a break from your mind. What is one thing that, you, you know, b- based on all, all the people that you've talked to, the work you've done, what's one thing that can help someone be able to build those boundaries between themselves and, and, the, and the thoughts that they create in their head? You know, uh, is, is there something that you can share? Well, meditation, um, I actually created an anxiety hack is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, a very easy way to, to, to lower your anxiety without even going into a full-blown blueprint. Right. Because if you just, I had a woman, I used to run a drug and alcohol program uh, mm-hmm. in the inner city. And the, uh, I had a woman that used to ride the city bus, but she had anxiety about, mm-hmm. she, was, she was worried about the people on the bus. It was not a yeah. good neighborhood. And she's mm-hmm. worried, oh God, what's going to happen Some here? And so her no mind's kind of overactive on worst case scenarios. Right. And of course the probability is probably very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing I did with her is I had her sit in whole brain posture. I had mm-hmm. her cross any movement that crosses the middle of the body actually stimulates both sides of the brain. Right. And uh, there's certain postures that you can get. And a lot of the professional athletes, they, they go into a zone for a reason mm-hmm. because um, a lot of the movements, you're hitting a baseball, you're crossing the middle of the body, a golf ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's throwing a football, he's crossing right. the middle of the body. So they're going into a whole brain state. Mm. And if we taught our kids in school – uh, I used to have this little girl that I was working with that had a learning disorder. I was actually doing neurofeedback with her. Mm-hmm. And I had her trace. Uh, she was labeled with a learning disorder. And she mm-hmm. comes in, a um, great little girl. But she had a hard time with math and reading and science, which is all left brain stuff. Right. And um, I had her trace a sideways eight mm-hmm. on her desk before she would study and before she'd take a test, mm-hmm. which crosses the middle of, of the, the site, the vision. Yeah. Uh, and that's somewhat based on EMDR. Right. Uh, and her ability to do her math and reading and spelling and all that stuff went through the roof. She's like eight. Mm-hmm. And dad comes back and says, what did you do to her? I said, I didn't do anything. She's yeah. using her whole brain now. It's very easy to tap into both sides. And if the teachers mm. would would um, teach the children to do that, um, right. everybody's grades and retention and ability to recall information would probably go through the roof right. uh, because they're all sitting in the audience in a mm-hmm. whole brain state. It'd be very easy. Wow. So, I mean, you know, even me talking to you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm like realizing how important not to label things, especially in mental health, because that's all we do right now. Everything is labeled. Like you will see now, especially now you're seeing commercials about ADD and people are seeing things that they, they, they can relate to and they're like, oh, yeah, this is me. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm also trying to figure out, is there a way that we can prevent labeling uh, while we help people? It's a medical model. Right, There's I know. People making an awful lot of money on pharmaceuticals and people being sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I, you know, I'm a licensed counselor, and that's mm-hmm. how I was trained. But this, this model right. is really more coaching. You know, I'm moving them forward. We're not dwelling on history and the mm-hmm. past, which we cannot change. We're dealing with present moment, and we can certainly change your conclusions about yourself mm-hmm. in the present moment about what happened in the past. Right. And then the, the advantage of doing that is you can move forward in a positive way because mm-hmm. now you've got both levels of mind and alignment. Right. And I don't do anything to anybody. I facilitate the process and show them how to tap in not only to the right brain, mm-hmm. but let's create a positive blueprint on hypothetically if a miracle happened and tomorrow you have a healthy relationship, let's, let's paint a picture on what that looks like. Right. And then if you have this wonderful 
wonderful picture of a positive relationship. Mm-hmm. If somebody shows up that doesn't match that, right. you'll let them go because wow. that won't match the conclusion. Right. Wow. They, yeah. I mean, we can talk about this all day, but you know, we're like running out of time. I, I definitely want to have you back here again. Uh, so, but before you go, what's one thing that you want to share to anyone listening that has never heard of mental health and, and now they're going into this space and they're needing help? Well, um, I, I give away my anxiety hack for free. It's right. subconsciousblueprint.com slash anxiety dash hack. Mm-hmm. Um, I give that away for free. And and really, uh, I, I do telemedicine. And um, sometimes I never even get to the full-blown blueprint. Right. Um, but I, I can very help, uh, very quickly help them with anxiety situations. Um, people are always on this this goal to go from being less than to more than mm-hmm. at some point I'm going to be okay. Right. Unfortunately, everything that they're after is external, which they right. don't have any control over ultimately. Exactly. And so you can basically calm the brain down through meditation, but right. also accessing both sides and realize this isn't a do or die struggle. Exactly. To be okay. You're okay right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't think you are. Right. And it, oh, wow. it's just a real easy way to, to change their mind. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been such an enlightening conversation. I have so much research to do after this conversation. And again, um, his name is Kevin Audley, LCPC, LPC. And I'm going to have all of his information in the comment section. Uh, not the comment section, but in the bio, in info section. Uh, if you want to connect with him, go down there, click it, and get in touch because he's doing amazing things. Again, Thank you so much for listening. And Kevin, thanks for being here. And send me a text or call me. uh, I'll give you a free strategy session on what you want to change. Awesome. All righty. You have an awesome evening, Kevin. And uh, thanks to everyone listening today. Uh, Again, his phone number also will be in the bottom if you have any questions. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Take care.